Hey everybody, how you doing this evening? Welcome back to Toku Thursdays on the Fan Holes Podcast. We're uh, going back to a popular show that we've been reviewing for the last couple of episodes, Gaim. Kamen Rider Gaim is really, seems to be kind of hitting a lot of uh, buttons with a lot of people. A lot of people seem to enjoy our coverage of it. So as always, we like to give you what you want, so we're going to do more episodes. One of the things we've been doing, we've kind of changed up the format. If you've been listening, we are doing arcs now instead of just single episodes. This allows us to give you a little bit more content, as well as, we're not trying to breeze through this, but as much as give you uh, more of a uh, concise look at the series. Episode by episode, it gets kind of, you know, muddled. If you, if you hear the whole arc, you kind of get the whole idea of what's going on in the show. As usual, I have a partner in crime doing some dime. <laughs> a little rhyme there. A lot of rhyme. Anyway, would you go ahead and give a shout out, sir? Gaim Crime, partner. Woo! This is Derek. Derek WC. <laughs> thank you, thank you, sir. Thank you. In this episode, we're going to be doing what is basically called the Helheim arc. The Helheim arc is kind of short, so this might not be as long as our previous episodes, but uh, it's very it's a very big arc. There's a lot of things that kind of get revealed here, and we see some stuff happen that, you know, changes things a lot. If you remember, the last time we were talking about Gaim, our good friend Takatora had said to Koda, you think I'm, a, you know, think I'm evil? You think I'm a bad guy? Let me show you true evil. Which I don't know if you remember had Derek pretty much on the edge of his seat. Am, am I correct? Yes, I was. I was biting my nails, going, "What? What? What? I want to see. <laughs> I want to know." So we decided to go ahead and get, get, go ahead and get into this. So we're going to be starting with the Helheim arc starts with episode twenty, and man, again, like you want to talk about ominous titles they just keep coming the title of this episode is the invasion begins with the end of the world that's true all right <laughs> i was like really wow okay then all right this is it, even though this is one series this one season this does kind of have that cliffhanger like quick like you know connection to the previous episode takatora is taking Koda to an ancient city deep inside the Helheim forest. And he's, you know, kind of showing him around. And it looks like it's been wrecked, you know, pretty pretty badly. It, it doesn't look very modern, but it's definitely something that had people who lived there, and they're not there anymore. And basically what he reveals is, you know, and Koda kind of feel, you know, figures it out himself too, that Helheim had creeped into this civilization and destroyed, you know, a lot of the buildings and, you know, transforming everybody into the Invest who ate the fruit. Yikes. Not so good. It felt like, it, to me, it felt like this was one of those, like, Planet of the Apes level reveals, you know, where you know, they even say, like, Takatori even says, he's like, we don't know if this is Earth in the future. We don't know if this is an alternate dimension. We don't know if it's an alternate Earth. 
Like, we have no idea. We just know that we can get here in the cracks and everything. So, like, part of me was thinking about, like, Charlton Heston and being like, You did it! You blew it up! You know, and all that kind of stuff. Because I was like, You maniacs! Yeah, yeah. I mean, that that's kind of what it looked like. You know, it was this kind of, you know, obviously at some point it was a thriving society, and now it's just overrun with plants, which, you know, might be cool for, like, Swamp Thing and Man Thing, but everybody else is like, oh, crap, like, this is, you know, and, and yeah, so. I feel for him. I live in the South. We fight kudzu every day. <laughs> However, there's kind of a nice little parallel going on during this while Takator is kind of giving Kodo a, I guess you say, a guided tour of Apocalypse. Ryoma, Sengoku, is doing the same thing pretty much with Kaito over in the uh, Yggdrasil Tower. And he's also revealed that Yggdrasil is not just a business corporation trying to make the city better. They're actually, you know, one of the reasons why they have all these, you know, Kurokage Loxy guys running around and burning plants and stuff is because they're trying to stop this from happening to Earth. Because Helheim is trying to come into our, like, our Earth right now. And, you know, the uh, sacred tree that uh, Mai's family had, like, that's where the, their temple had been. They're using that sacred tree, and they moved it to the Yggdrasil Tower, and that's how they used the crack. That's how they used the tree to open up a crack into the forest. And this is kind of, you know, pissing off Kaito a little bit. He's getting a little bit tired of this Ryoma guy. And But at the same time, he, he knows how to play his cards. He's still listening, but he's, like, getting a little bit more angry. Again, showing there's, like, a little bit of relationship between him and Mai. It's not just, you know him being, like, you know, dismissive of her. Did, 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 you, did you get that feeling when he was, like, you know, kind of, you know, scowling and, like, you know, you know? <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, I, I think I think Yidgrazel has done a lot to not only Mai's family, but his own family. So he's, he, I, I think it it's that kind of everything that Ryoma says can be useful to him and can help him attain his goals but I think he takes it all with a grain of salt, you know, because it's like, oh, well, these are these, you know, you'd grazel dogs, you know, basically telling me this stuff. So I, I don't, I, he, he's going to, you know, it's like, it's like trust, but verify. Like that's, I think that's the mode he's in. He's like, all right, I'll trust what you're telling me is the truth, but I'm going to go out there and verify it for myself. And then what's kind of interesting is Rioma describes the, the seeds, you know, that basically are infecting our planet with all these Helheim cracks as the, the plants from the Helheim forest as being an invasive species. You know, he's like, do you, do you know what an invasive species is? And it's like, basically it comes into a habitat and basically wipes out everything that's in that habitat. And eventually it's running the habitat. So you, you get a very clear idea that this is, you know, if you didn't get the idea from, from Takatora just visually showing Kota what had happened to a previously thriving city, you know, it's spelt out in scientific terms for anybody who didn't pick that up with with Kaito and, and Ryoma. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, you know, it's we're getting Ryoma's pretty much his scientific view and we're getting Takatora's like visual, you know, guy. We're getting like both sides. It's like he's showing Kota what happens. And Ryan was explaining in detail, like, you know, how it happens and what's going on, which, which is kind of cool. You know, you get, you get the full story. Of course, this is a common writer, so you got to have a little bit of uh, action, you know. So we have Zach, and he's Mr. Knuckleman. 
And he's uh, taking out some invents because unlike Kaito, he's he's more of a go-getter. He's not so much a guy who's like, you know, playing his cards and like, you know, using his strength when, when he thinks it can pretty much uh, benefit him. However, he's still kind of new to this. So unfortunately, some of the uh, citizens of Zawame get affected by Invest. This is not good. And of course, it really, when it rains, it pours. Here comes Oren as Bravo and Donichi as Chip. <laughs> <laughs> And again, they're doing their whole PR thing. They're doing their, you know, you know, all all the beat writers are bad. You know, we are your true heroes, and yeah, you know, it's it's, it's weird. It's, like yeah. I I kept thinking like it was pissing me off because it's like you know how people are always like mad when the citizens of the Marvel universe believe like. Norman Osborn or the citizens of the DC universe, like, <laughs> listen to Lex Luthor, you know, it was kind of like the same thing where you're, like, sitting there going, wait, so so Bravo's there, and him and Chip are still accusing the beat writers of, basically, he's saying, like, okay, you guys didn't end the Invest games, and look what happened, and they're kind of like, we did end the Invest games, we were trying to fight these Invest that popped through a crack to save people, but it's like, basically, the way Bravo sells it is like, well, anytime you use these lock seeds, like, bad stuff happens, doesn't it? Like, all this other stuff you're saying is lies. And then, of course, the crowd's like, yeah, they're, they're lies. We hate these beat writers. But I'm kind of like, Bravo's got a fucking lock seed. Like, nobody yells at him when he uses yeah. it. You know, like, I'm just like, I'm kind of like, you know, this is kind of stupid. Because it's like, he also uses a lock seed, so they should hate him just as much as they hate Knuckle Man, you know? Like, I'm just like, I don't, and, I don't and know. Chip, and Chip was a beat rider, you know? Yeah, yeah, so, I, I don't know. I, I I don't know that I, 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 it's like I get why he's positioned to be that, that obstacle that they have to overcome, and, but it's just like, I don't know. I, I I don't think I bought it that much because I'm kind of like you think you think eventually at some point. I mean I don't know. Obviously you know like you, yourself you've seen the whole series and I have not. But uh, you know I'm like isn't there going to be a point where the people eventually turn on him if he keeps pushing them in that general direction of you know oh people that use lock seeds equals bad you know like it's it's funny because we we kind of find out with all these reveals that it's actually the exact opposite. It's like a lock seed may save your life. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, exactly. So it's kind of funny. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're all against it, and they're like, you know, if, if you had a lock seed, you'd be, be at least a lot safer than you are now. Fortunately for Knuckleman, unfortunately for Charmant and Chip, more and appear, and they, like, start fighting again. So, you know, they he gets a reprieve, you know. He doesn't have to listen to Bravo spout his bullshit, basically. Here's where it takes a very decisive turn in the storytelling. Takatora, we, we've, we've talked about Takatora before. We've said, like, you know, how he's come off as a big bad. And in, like, the movie, he was, like, kind of just a presence. And you don't know what side he's playing. He was actually very kind to Michi when he, like, re- realized Michi was Kamen Rider Ryukin. You know, he didn't yell at him. He was like, you know, I understand. You know, I want you to join me and my family. And he did show Michi. We assume the same thing he showed Koda. I think it's pretty obvious. However, here's where it gets very interesting. He basically tells Koda that while in his mind Yggdrasil is doing something, you know, to the best of their ability, mankind's got maybe 10 years at the most. 
this is going to happen. Helheim is going to take over. And the only thing they can do is keep it to themselves until the last moment to basically make sure there's not widespread panic. And this just this just floors Coda. He's like, what the hell are you talking about, dude? You know? I mean, what do you think about that reveal that Takatora is he, he's not giving up, but he's like he's just he's playing the waiting he's playing the waiting game because he he feels that they're not going to win. There's no way they can win. Well, it's interesting because the way they describe it is even if they got the assistance of other nations or other people, like it still wouldn't really help change the timetable. You know, like because it, it sounds like from his perspective, like if other nations got access to their technology, they would just use it for their own purposes and it still wouldn't help change the timetable and it still wouldn't help prevent Helheim from eventually doing what it did to this current Helheim dimension, basically. And so from that, you know, it's kind of like, okay, well, then basically he's like, we might as well keep it a secret from the mass public because kind of like, you know, in most, you know, situations, it's like, oh, well, you know, we don't want them to riot and panic and do all this crazy crap or act with abandon because they figure they only have 10 years left. I mean, you know, you think about it, you tell somebody, hey, you only got 10 years left. It's like, well, maybe I'll start doing some crazy stuff that I've always wanted to do. Like, you never know. And so, (laughs) you know, it, it just depends on, you know, I mean, basically, like, Takatora being a representative of the, he's a representative of the elite. He's a representative of the adult nature that we were discussing in the last arc. And, And coming from those places, even though he hopes for the best, he expects the worst. He's taking like a very realist stance. He's like, I want to do the best we can, but this is going to happen. And that's just how it is. Yeah, I mean, it, it. it's interesting because you don't, I mean, you did get the vibe that he's a big bad in the, the initial episodes, but th- this and, and some other stuff that happens later on, you'll see, like, things from his point of view and his perspective, and, you know, he, he does seem to have surrounded himself with scummy people, but I don't yeah. think he himself is, is a bad person. I think he is genuinely doing what he thinks is right. So from that perspective, that that makes his character much more layered than a lot of these kind of one-dimensional villains that that you'll see in certain series. The the, the phrase, trying to make the best of a bad situation, kind of fits Takatora. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But of course, he's cut off because they are in Hellhound Forest, and despite the fact they're in an ancient city, there's still a lot of mess around and they attack, and they're like, you know, Zangetsu, he turns into Zangetsu, and he's fighting them off. But Koda has a moment of doubt, because he doesn't know if these are really invests anymore. He's like, you know, you just said this could be Earth in the future. This could be a parallel dimension. These could be human beings you're killing. And he's like, you know, he, he's, he's kind of shell-shocked, you know. He's learned a lot in the last few minutes, and he doesn't know, you know, if he's killing people any, you know, now. He's like, he's unsure of his fight, you know. He's, he wants to save people. He doesn't want to kill them. And I thought that was really cool because it was like, in these kind of shows, you see the monsters and everything, and you're used to them being bad guys. And, of course, you'll have a couple of bad guys every now and then who might betray the, the cause and, like, turn to the good side. 
but more often than not, they're 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 evil. You know, they're straight up evil. And I thought that was kind of cool that Coda is like, yeah, they're 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 monsters now, but they used to be human. You know, I thought that was kind of an interesting take on Coda. Yeah, I I think if it, it, to me it's interesting because there there's certain cases where I've always been a proponent of you know kind of eye for an eye type stuff, especially in fiction, but. I, I do tend to think that if there's a possibility, like th- those were things I always wondered about because it, it's kind of like if you know how to revert something, why not just revert them? And in this case, I don't think they know how, you know, so that's where Takatora is coming from. But I, I do think Kota is having that moment of can, can, you know, have we even considered, you know, like can, is there something we can do to, fix this, you know, like basically, yeah. and, you know, it, it, it looks like, you know, based on the interactions we've had to this point, the answer is no, you know, that, 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 that this yeah. transformation cannot be reversed. In fact, it's to the point where Takatora describes it, you know, it's, it's kind of like the way people would describe when somebody becomes a vampire. It's like, it's not, you know, if, if I, Derek, become a vampire and attack Tony, it's like, well, this was not the Derek you once knew, you know, his soul has been totally wiped out and replaced with, you know, a demonic presence or whatever, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. so, so in this sense, you know, the, the way that, that Ryoma explains it is, you know, not only is it an invasive species in that, like, there's going to be a bunch of plants on the planet, but that when fruit is eaten, it's going to totally rewrite the person's DNA. So in essence, like, even though, you know, Kota's like, oh, well, these may still be people on the inside, that's not really 100% accurate. It's kind of like they were people, but now they've been rewritten to be these monsters, and and okay. that that that's kind of why Takatora is like, what's the matter? Get your head in the game. And and he's kind of like, if you just stand here, you're gonna die. And he does this kind of cool thing where he does his his you know melon energy soda, you know, and he does his arrow thing where he <laughs> fucking takes out like all these different guys because Kota's kind of you know obviously he's having this crisis of conscience and he's not really sure. If, if that's what he should be doing moving forward. And he's like, look, you've got to, you've got to snap out of this. Cause, cause this is, this is kind of how it is. So you're just going to have to get used to it. Do you think this is a nice callback to Hase when he was transforming and Koda again, didn't want to kill him, but now he's seeing it again. And this time it's like not a personal thing. He doesn't know these people, but he's reacting in the same way. He's like, you know, we could change them, but obviously they couldn't change Hase, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it, the, the thing of it is to me, I don't, I don't mind the intent. I don't mind the, the wishful thinking of it. it. It's just, if all it is is wishful thinking, then there's not much you can do with it. But you, you have to admire the, the thought behind it. You know, like, it, it, it's kind of like, I, I know, you know, I always rag on, like, Kira Yamato in Gundam Seed, but you can't deny that there are certain moments where Kira Yamato comes down and does his whole edict where it's like, all right, nobody's dying, I'm a badass, and I'm going to take all these guys out without killing them, but stop them from killing my friends. And it's like, when he does that successfully and nobody dies, like, you, you can't help but admire that. Yeah. 
you know, when, when it's done successfully. The only time I ever have any problem with stuff like that is when it blows up in somebody's face. You know, and, and inevitably, <laughs> yeah. inevitably, if it's really treated in terms of realism, it inevitably will. But you, you've got to love the the sort of fantasy element of of a heroic figure standing up for what he thinks is right and and making everything better. You know, and and I think that's that's a fantasy element that anybody can get behind. I mean, that's why you can get behind Kota because he 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 means well, and and in certain cases because it's a, a fantasy show, you know, some of those elements hopefully can be fully realized within that context. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, that, I mean, I, I, you know, that's, you know, I ultimately, like you said, you know, Takatora is being the realist and, and Kota is obviously filled with passion and, and sort of a, a drive to, you know, adhere to loftier ideals and, and, sort of disregards the what, what what would most people you know maybe adults versus you know a, a younger crowd would would perceive as the futility of of this endeavor you know and it's like that i think what's interesting though is i think that speaks to takatora too because he he wants to believe he's not happy being in that situation it's like if if somebody could show him another option he would take it. He just doesn't see any other options. So yeah, he's he's become hard by circumstance. He's like not trying to be a. He's not even trying to be a badass, but he's trained and he's done all this. I mean, it's, it's kind of like a Batman thing, I guess. But, but like you know, he sees this as the only way to do this. You know, while as like you know, Coda, he's like watching Doctor Who and like you know, like no one dies today, Rose. Not today, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he's definitely yeah. He's in that. He's in that frame of mind with this kind of stuff, and and you know that's you know I mean if if that can be successfully that achieved, I, I have no I have no you know I have no problems with that. But you know I, I think in that context, like within the context of Takatora and and Kota being in that one broken city, it's like if if Kota just sat there and did his Hamlet indifference thing and wrung his hands the whole time while these invest monsters came and killed him, then it wouldn't do anybody any good. So, of course, Takatora steps up and takes them all out, you know? So it's like, that's, you know, there's there's something to be said for that, too. Yeah, and, and again, I think you remember when I said earlier, we're having a parallel right now. We have Takatora with Koda, and he's seeing it, you know, and he's, like, living it, you know, he's, like, seeing what's going on, and this influences his decision. Meanwhile, back at Yggdrasil Corporation, Ryoma is kind of finishing up his uh, dissertation on what's going on, and Kaito, he's like, as Kaito is, this is this is pretty much the core of his personality. He's like, instead of just protecting the weak, he doesn't say he's not going to protect the weak. He says instead of just protecting the weak, they should take advantage of the situation. They should make sure that whoever's the strongest survives. And Ryoma, Sid, and Yoko are all there. Who's Yoko? Not Yoko. That's the translation. Um, oh, Mi- Minato. Minato are all there, and they had the same idea. They, they, they're like, you know, yeah, this guy's on the same page as us. Looks like we get it. You know, it looks like we brought another sheep into the fold. And they do indeed say, like, you know, you will be useful. You know, you're 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 a part of Yggdrasil now. You know, and that's where we leave it. You know, where did, did Kaito betray Kota? You know. Yeah. Well, it seems interesting because I think at first. 
he Kaito thinks he is somehow separate from these people because they they sort of give him like this litmus test where Ryoma kind of prompts him and and says he kind of gives them the regular Takatora pitch. Like you said, it was paralleled and he's kind of like, yeah, we're, we're here to save the world and protect the people. And, and when Kaito's kind of like, well, if they're too weak to survive, then, you know, it, it's a very sort of survival of the fittest Darwinism, like apocalypse type vibe you get from him where he's like, if they're too weak to fucking fight for themselves, then they really don't deserve saving. I think the people that, you know, he, he basically, it's not like it's not like somebody saying I welcome our alien overlords, but it's more like <laughs> I welcome. It's like Kaito's kind of like I welcome the apocalypse because it'll weed out all these fucking weak fucks, and it'll leave me because obviously he has a high opinion of himself and and anybody else who's strong, and and then me interacting with all these strong people will in turn make me stronger as I you know, run around and defeat them all, basically. And that that's yeah. kind of where where the mind frame is for that. And and once they hear him say that, like, then they all start kind of chuckling, and they say, ah, we knew you were one of us. You know, like, basically, that's the litmus test. It's kind of like, it's kind of like, you know, I invite a bunch of people over and show them, you know, my Starfire statue. And if they start giving me crap about Starfire, then I can just ignore them, right? But then if they say, oh, yeah, Starfire, she's a fucking slut, you know, and I'm like, oh, okay, good. Like, you know, like, and she was always a slut. You know, and I'm like, okay, good. Yeah. Like, like we're we're on the same page. <laughs> you have it's like you're one of me, like 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 you can join us and all this other kind of stuff, and 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 that's that's kind of where they they end it, where you know, and and all I can help but think of is like, man, like like Takatora seems like at his core he's a good person, do you know what I mean? Like, and he just has yeah. the brunt of the burden of all this responsibility, but it seems like he just surrounded himself with this cadre of really scheming it's like it's like he needed them for necessity you know what i mean so it's like but it's just funny yeah. how 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 much these guys are schemers it's like i, I it, it, it's one of those things where i go back to like when i was a kid and thought why doesn't megatron just fucking kill starscream outright you know like i would <laughs> kill that fucking guy so i didn't have to worry about him stabbing me in the back you know and like and like i think you know in later life i understand things like you know the, the sort of familial thing that was going on with the two of them, you know, like he was teaching a son and preparing someone, maybe even grooming them to, to be his second in command and maybe take his place and all this other stuff. But, you know, I, I don't know what this is about. Cause it's like, obviously Michi would be that kind of person, you know, he would groom his younger brother to, yeah. to maybe fill in for him. So like, part of me wonders, it's like, you know, yeah, okay, once Sid handed out all these lock seeds to the kids, it's like, why the fuck does he need to be around? He seems like such a shady fuck, like, looking for any opportunity to to bump himself up the corporate ladder, and I'm just kind of like, and even uh, Minata, you know, like, it seems like, like you know, if, if, if she doesn't fulfill the stereotype of a, a woman hopping onto the dude with the most power, at the very least, she she is interested in the power for herself. Well, you know, it's like one or the other. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, all I could think of is like, I'm like, you better watch these fucks because <laughs> they're going to fucking yeah, like, it, it, they're going to stab you in the back at some point. It'd be like Hawkeye is like, you know, hmm, who do I want on my team? I think I choose Batrock, Baron Zemo and Grim Reaper. That'll be a good team. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Oh. Yeah, I mean, it's like, well, I mean, I guess it'd be like if you're wrestling with, with some kind of, you know, large looming issue, you know, it's like, you know, yeah, it's kind of like, you know, Namor surrounding himself with the cabal, you know, and it's like, oh, yeah. well, you know, you're, you're put into this horrible position, and the only people that can carry out your will are like Thanos and, you know, all these, uh, you know, nasty you know, lieutenants of his. So it's like, okay, well, you know, it's like Terax and Thanos and all these guys. All right. Well, it's like, I got to team up with them. Do you know what I mean? Like, and it's like, yeah. okay, you know, they, I guess, you know, it's just like, there's no choice, but you know, yeah, again, I don't know. trying to make the best of a horrible situation. I, I, I would say this just for the reveal, this is going to get four pineapples from me. Cause like, it really does drop like a bomb on you. You were wanting to see what he showed Mitchie, and then you want to see what he showed like Kodos because same thing. And we see it. It's like the end of the world, you know. And it's just like pretty heavy shit, you know. It's like damn. <laughs> yeah, and especially when they give you that kind of timetable and everything. I mean, I'll, I'll go. I'll go three point five. But but yeah, I mean that's it's 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 definitely an above average episode. I mean it. it I, I think it delivers on, like, my anticipation of what I was, I was like, what could it be? Like, it's got to be pretty heavy, and and it was pretty heavy, you know, it's, it's it's you know, like you said, it's it's the end of the world, basically. You know, I, I'm, I'm kind of yeah. more interested in, you know, when we move forward, I'm kind of curious if they ever address what that place actually was. Like, again, I'm still thinking about, like, future stuff, where I'm like, oh, is, is the blonde Mai from the future, like, is that her future self? Like, is this society Earth in the future, or is it, yeah, you know, yeah. is, is it is it hopeless? Like, is it inevitable that it's going to happen, or is this something that they can somehow prevent? Like, maybe it's just some other dimension, and this can this can be avoided on on Earth, you know. So I'm I'm kind of curious about all that. Well, as I want to do, playing playing a role of DJ Sagara, all will be revealed. Don't worry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. The, the end of the world, you know, begins now. Not a, not a really hopeful thing, you know. Passing. Banana! Lock on! Come on! Banana arm! We're going to move on now. We're going to episode 21. This one is a pretty simple title, but again, man, the implications. This one is simply called Yggdrasil's Secret. Dun, dun, dun. And it can mean a lot of things. We're going to find out what that means. Basically, what happens is, uh, you have to remember, at this point, Coda doesn't know what Mitchie is doing. You know, Mitchie has been very good, like Derek says, playing his cards close to his chest. You know, he doesn't let loose everything he knows to everybody. He he shows what card he needs to show to get where he wants to do and get what he wants. So Coda is running to Mitchie and, like, you know, telling him, you know, oh, my God, you know. Like, this is happening, you know, like, Yggdrasil, they're, like, trying to, like, trying to stop this, but it's not going to happen, and Takatora told me this, and da-da-da-da-da-da-da, and Mitchie, of course, being Mitchie, he's like, you know, he's like, oh, what, really? Oh, my God, you know, he's like, you know, playing it up that he didn't know anything about this, even though he knew before Coda did. It's interesting but, because he, Michi basically is trying to ascertain exactly how much Kota knows because he's not sure now. And and so to him, it's like, oh, the white-armored rider told me this. And it's like, did he tell you his name? 
Like basically, yeah, he's yeah. trying to figure. He's trying to figure out if he knows the connection, if he knows that that's his older brother. And when he's able to figure out that he doesn't know that it's his older brother, then he's like, okay, well, you know, somebody somebody went behind my back with a mirror and showed some of my hand, but not my whole hand. So I can keep playing the game, you know, and it's like that's kind of where how he chooses to move forward with it, where he's like, okay, he doesn't know Takatora is my brother, but he does know that the end of the world is coming. Okay, now that I know this, I'm going to regroup and kind of, you know, play it like, oh, well, I guess that all makes sense. You know, like that that's kind of how yeah, he decides. Yeah, because in the previous episode, yeah, Takatora was never like, you know, by the way, I bet you his brother, the guy who, like, dances with you on God, he never did anything like that, yeah. Yeah, so so this is all. There, there's some things that Kota is still in the dark about that Michi knows. So I mean, and it seems like he goes to great lengths to if if he can keep a secret, he he will keep a secret. The interesting thing though is like Michi is, I guess you would say, playing the good company man. I know he's doing it for himself. He's like you know trying to figure out his next plan, but he he's like saying like you know. I think we should go along with Yggdrasil's idea. You know, we should keep this from the public. This is not a good idea. You know, we shouldn't, like, just tell everybody. However, Coda is not a dumbass. He's, like, he's having doubts. He's like, I don't know. I, I think we should, you know. So, you know, there is that. Coda's not just playing dumb. He's not like, Mitchie, I totally trust him. He trusts him, but he's, like, he's just unsure of his decision. He's like, I don't know if you're doing the right thing, buddy. Mitchie, of course, knowing this information now, goes to meet up with Takatora and learns that Takatora basically told him the basic outline of what's going on, what uh, the Helheim Forest is. But he hasn't really shown him other things. Yggdrasil has been working hard. They've been doing this for a while. There's ideas like the Skullar system and Project Arc. And, you know, he, he's like, you know, say, like, you know, there's still some stuff that's on the download. Don't worry about it. However, he goes to tell Sid that, you know, he only told Coda to see how far it would take Coda to break down. And on that, I don't know if that's totally true. I think he's playing Sid. That's what I thought. What do you think? I, I don't know. I mean, I, I believe what he said. I, I think it's a rationalization. It's it's that that while Kota expresses his doubts, and, and like Luke said, he wears his heart on his sleeve, like Kota pretty much tells anybody he can tell, that he's not sure about this. You know, like, he, he he basically announces to the mountains, you know, I am conflicted, you know, and and I think <laughs> Takatora, Takatora basically, like Michi, keeps a lot of stuff close to his chest. He's inverted. He basically is like, I will take on the burdens of sin so that humanity can live on. And I think... In his mind, if Kota talks big but doesn't put up, you know, it's like put up or shut up, you know, like, so it's like if he talks big, you know, it basically it's a thing of, you know, if he is the doctor going, no one dies today, and then a bunch of people die, then like me, you know, it'd be like, oh, okay, you were full of crap. Like, I can keep doing what I'm doing yeah. because you can't, you can't carry the, the, the weight. You can't you know, lift up this ball, you know, that you, you basically said like, oh, well, you're such a bad guy. And it's like, well, you, you're not doing any better than I am. So, you know, like, fuck off, basically. But I think deep down, like, Takatora hopes that someone else can 
lift the burden. Do you know what I mean? Like, like that somebody yeah. else can, can do it a different way from him. It's like, I, I think that ultimately at his core, it's like, if, if say he can get shown a better way to do this, then, then, and, and he thinks it'll actually work, then, then he would go for it. So I, I think that's why he keeps giving Kota a pass you know, it's like, I think there are a number of times where he should, you know, by all rights, I mean, if he was as evil as everybody would think he is, or, or as evil as, as, you know, you might believe, I think he would have ended Kota when he first met him. But he yeah. just keeps giving him these opportunities to sort of make something of himself. And, and you know, I mean, for the most part, like that, that would seem to pay off for, for our series, you know. Yeah, Koda, Koda definitely seems to be getting the uh, tough love kind of stuff from Takator, which is kind of what he does with Michi, too. So uh, maybe there's something there with that. Maybe he sees Koda as, like, you know, not a brother, but, like, someone who, you know, may not just be a quote-unquote street rat. But that's just my – that is actually not me foreshadowing anything. That's just, like, you know, me, like, going off on a tangent, like, maybe, you never know. They never really – address or not address that we'll see how that goes in the future while this is going on while Koda is really is having a crisis of conscience he's he's trying to figure out what to do Kaito is in Helheim Forest he's gotten a picture of a strange individual and he's trying to figure out you know like where he is you know like who is this person who is this thing and he's confronted by some members and you know sent by maybe the same person meanwhile Ryoma he's like talking to Minato and, like, I think Ryoma, again, he's he's another person who's kind of shady, you know, even with the, his, his quote-unquote underlings. He's like, nah, that's just busy work, you know, just to get him away for a while, just to, like, not have him here while we, we, we do adult stuff, you know? And you get to see the divide with adults and, quote-unquote, the kids a lot in here, don't you, Derek? Yeah, I mean, because cause they're, they're all sort of scheming and plotting you know like and 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 it's kind of like that that idea of you know the left hand doesn't always know what the right hand is doing you know and that, that's what it feels like where you know it, it's kind of like the way i guess the difference between the children and the adults is like and and it sort of exposes that mitchie is still sort of in that childhood state is when takatora does something tells coda about you know, the actuality of the situation and the 10 year time frame timeline. It's like he immediately, the first chance he gets to go back to him, it's like, Nissan, like, why the fuck did you tell him? And Nissan, be sure not to tell him anything else, you know, and all this stuff. And that's what spurs, you know, getting, getting Sid to kind of get a stick up his ass and go out and fight with Kota. But, but it's like, Michi's very sort of, demanding of like oh why'd you do this dude like and and i think you know the same applies to rioma you know it's like oh well you know people are kind of like what well, so why you know you what why is kumon kaito going out there in the forest like what exactly are you hoping to achieve you know and it's like rioma's got all these kind of machinations going on you know so it's like it's like you always yeah. gotta wonder and then you know in the meantime it's like is is minata on takatora's side is minata loyal to ryoma is she just loyal to herself you know like you know so you, you start to yeah. wonder about yeah. all these guys well this, this, like you said these are all very shady individuals in their own way so you like you don't really know who to trust you you had mentioned sid yeah, and Sid does have a stick up his ass. He's like saying that Koda is is getting in the way too much. He's like, you know, he needs to be taken out. 
And Ryama actually says, sure, this would be a good way to test my new belt. You know, we haven't really, haven't really had a good test. You know, you got your uh, your chance to prove how good the Genesis core is. I, I think he was kind of like, well, you know, all I really cared about him for was testing. So he's like, if you can bring out the maximum potential of the Genesis driver he's wearing, I don't care if you kill him afterwards. You know, and he's like, all right, I'll go do that. Yeah, yeah. We actually have a sweet moment. Like I said, uh, Kamen Rider Gaim is really good with character moments. Koda is sitting with Akira having dinner, and he just basically point blank doesn't reveal anything, but he's like, what if you knew the end was coming, and you could know the truth or be, you know, oblivious? You know, would you want to know it was coming? And she's like, yeah, I'd want to know if I was going to die. I'd want to know it, and I could face it head on, which is a really good, you know, showing of her strength of character. She wants to know the truth about things. She thinks he's asking about him not finding a job. Like, that is the quote-unquote yeah, 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 yeah. end of the world. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, it's it's interesting. I mean, I, I guess that's a question that, that is something that, that can only be answered on an individualistic basis. I mean, you know, I, I think Coates is trying to get an idea of, is it better not to tell everybody about this and fight on, or or is it better to you know, tell people so they they have some inkling of what, what is coming, you know? And so, I mean, you know, I, you know, I, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it's interesting. I think that's why he yeah. goes to the fruit shop to Bando. get some advice about yeah, it. So. Well, yeah, like Bando, Bando actually kind of dispenses some sage advice. Like, Akira's kind of thinking with her heart, which is fine. She's a sister, you know, she's a very, you know, loving person, and she has, like, you know, that kind of passionate side to her. You know, she's, like, someone who wants to know the truth. But Bando, he, like, he, like, he like kind of drops it on him. He's like, you know, hey, man, if somebody says keep a secret, a secret is power, and it can be used for bad things. And it's like, damn, Bando, you're a smart motherfucker, you know? He's like, he's like, I didn't get to be head of this fruit bar by not knowing nothing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, Bando, yeah, he's, he's he's a very cool character. He's I, I, I'll reveal this. This is not a spoiler. He's not a, a huge important character, but he does have some really cool moments like this. He, he's he's a, he's a fun character. I like him. It seems like he gets involved in some pivotal character choices, you know, for the protagonists. So, like, he's yeah. the axis on which they sort of formulate some some essential life decisions. So, in that regard, it's like kind of cool. So, yeah, yeah. He's, yeah, he's he's a kind of a he's an adult who doesn't look down on the kids. He actually is a friend of them instead of like being bad scheming adult. So that's kind of cool. Of course, uh, learning time is cut short because investors are stealing money again. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> Show them how to take some jewels, and that's what they do. He uh, takes off with uh, Mister Knuckleman, Zach, and Mitchie, and they uh, run in to confront the the uh, the, the bad guys, the Invest, uh, who are stealing stuff. And Ryugan and Knuckle stay behind and, you know, fight them to get the money back. But Koda takes off after something that started to run away. And this was, and I think this was all ploy. This was not actually a criminal thing. This wasn't like a, a team, uh, what was their name? Hot oh, something. The, the Red Hot. Red right? Hot. Yeah, yeah, Team Red Hot. This was actually planned by Sid. He's like, he's like, you know, this is, you know, I just wanted to get you here. And, you know, he's like, I, I'm the one that sold the lock seeds. I, I gave him, you know, to the thugs, sold them to him. And 
You know, what, what you're going to do, this is him playing, you know, playing the bad guy just to get Coda to fight him. And, I mean, he is a bad guy. Don't get me wrong. He's an asshole. But, you know, he, he's revealing this just so Coda will get pissed off so he'll fight, he'll fight him. Sigurd, uh, that's, that's his armored rider form. And he's like, he, he tells Coda, this is, this is kind of a different tagline to what Takatora told him. He's like, we will destroy Zuwame if we have to. Because remember when I said the Scalar system? It's like a big-ass ring thing that orbits headquarters. That's that's the thing that is going around the Yggdrasil Corporation. And he's like, that's the Scalar system. If need be, we'll use that and destroy Zawame just so Helheim won't get out. And, of course, again, baiting Coda. And it's like, man, Sid's an asshole. <laughs> yeah, and it's kind of interesting because having surrounded himself with all these people... I mean, it, it comes to bite Takatora back in the ass because it's like, you know, and, and, and him and Michi both say the same thing. Like, they get mad when other people sort of reveal their secrets, you know, because it's like, it's like, goddamn blabbermouth, you know, because it's like he he basically is telling Kota this to goad him into battle and everything. But what, what ends up happening is it just unleashes his, his full... Fury and and in his sense, you know, in his mind, you know, his fully justified fury. So it, it's just kind of yeah. like this idea of, you know, it's one thing to keep this from the public to spare them, but it's another thing to keep it from the public so that they don't realize that when they're at ground zero of an infectious plant alien invasion, that the failsafe is to have a nuclear option, you know? And it's like, I mean, you know, practically you're like, okay, well, I guess that makes sense. But, you know, like when you think about the reality of it, you're like, oh, holy crap, there's like, you know, what, 250,000 people in the radius of the city? Like, I mean, it's not, you know, I mean, I guess they try to play it off like it's a small number compared to 7 billion people. And, you know, but it's like, that's, you know. Still human life, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and you're you're just kind of like, you know, that's, to me, like, that's a point where you're like, wait, well, Mitchie knew about that, too. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, it's like that. That's a little different from from some of the other things that that go on, you know. That that it seemed like he was keeping secrets for for what he perceived as good reasons, but this seems to be something where it's. I mean, it, you know, obviously it's 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 uh, not a little more of a, a a a final resolution. You know, this is this is like the final idea. Like you know, and we'll do this. You know, it's like yeah, we'll fucking nuke the city. Yeah. That kind of thing. Yeah, well, you know, what, what's interesting is with, with Takatora, it seems like it's the last resort. But I think I think with all these shady people he surrounded himself with, for Sid, it's almost like a foregone conclusion. You know, that this will happen and we will use that failsafe. So you better just get used to it because you're, you're a naive, stupid kid, basically. And, you know, yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I just, I, I don't know what it is, but I don't like Sid. I mean, it's like, it's like, I don't like his cherry arms. I don't like him. Like, he just seems like a slimy fuck. And I was, I was more than happy when he did, you know, Kota does the, the orange squash kick and, and kicks his ass. Cause I was like, good. Like you, you deserve well, to get well, your uh, ass kicked. Well, not only, not only does he, uh, actually uses, uh, Jimber Lemon and not only does he, uh, pin the down, 
but he literally takes his wallet. He steals his cherry energy lock seed, which I'm sure yes. you were happy about. <laughs> yes, it was great. <laughs> You're like, mine. Of course, Mitchie, again, he, he's playing both sides of the table. He still like wants to be friends, but he's working with his brother, too. So he comes into MS, and it distracts Coda long enough for Sid you know, to beat feet and get out of there. So Sid gets away, and you know, a little bit humbled, maybe. We'll see you next episode. Sid's not a very humble guy. While this is all going on, though, we uh, flash back to Kaido, and he's still wandering around and trying to figure out what's going on with the picture. And he's trying to figure out, like, exactly what this picture means. Like, who is this, like, figure in the picture, you know? And that's where we get, you know, like, the, I guess you would say the Yggdrasil secret. Yeah, I, I mean, th- this is another portion where you, you wonder, like, just how far is Michi willing to go to keep secrets? Because it's like he sort of plays it like he's it's like he lets Kota think he saved him, but in reality, like, he's actually doing it so that Sid can get away, not because he wants to exactly help Kota, but because he wants to stop Sid from blabbing any more secrets, basically. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Like, he wants him to get the hell out of there so that, that he can't blow any more, you know, blow the lid on anything else, you know? Yeah, yeah, he's, he's not doing it because he likes it. He's just like, you know, shut up, you know, that kind of thing. You know, Takatora and him, like, especially Michi in that moment, it's like, you're such a blabber mouth, you know. And it's, I don't know, for some reason it's kind of funny listening to those guys because it's like, it, it, it's funny because I, I get when you're, like, mad because you're like, I told you this secret and you're not supposed to tell. But at the same time, you're kind of like, look at who you told. Like, what what did you think was going to happen? Like, of course, like at some point they're gonna they're gonna you know let the cat out of the bag you know so I don't know I, I enjoyed this this was a good episode I I'd, I'd say uh, kind of like the last one I'd give it three point five pineapples I enjoyed Kota beating up Sid like that was really cool and I I think it's definitely moving you know moving the story forward in a exciting and invigorating way. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to go down a little bit and go 3.52. I'll, I'll secret brothers you on that. Just because we had a big reveal last episode. And this this episode, I mean, we got, like, more, like, built upon that. But it wasn't that big reveal, you know? It, it was just, like, you know, expanding upon what they're doing, which was nothing bad at all. Like like I said, 3.5 was above average. This is a really fun episode. And and like you said, the Sid and Coda match was... was it, it, satisfying if you don't like Sid. It's like, yeah, take that, you bald motherfucker. And I'm a bald guy, too, so, I mean, you know, for me to hate a bald guy, that's pretty bad. But, yeah, so, yeah, uh, 3.5 is the, the universal rating for the uh, Yggdrasil secret. This is Tokyo, once a city of six million people. What has happened here was caused by a force which, up until a few days ago, was entirely beyond the scope of man's imagination. Tokyo, a smoldering memorial to the unknown. An unknown which at this very moment still prevails and could at any time lash out with its terrible destruction anywhere else in the world. Hi, folks. Luke Giaconetti here. I'd like to ask you a few questions. Do you like giant monsters? Or as they're called in Japan, Daikaiju? Monsters like Godzilla 
Rodan, Gamera, King Ghidorah, or Mothra? Do you like more obscure monsters, such as Gappa or Yangari? Do you like giant heroes like Ultraman or super robots like the Shogun Warriors? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then I think you might like my podcast, Earth Destruction Directive. I'm a dedicated fan of all things Daikaiju, and I'd like to share that with all of you. Please check out Earth Destruction Directive at twotruefreaks.com. Earth Destruction Directive, where we turn your Daikaiju dreams into city-smashing reality. Moving on in the Helheim saga, we're going to go to episode 22 of Kamen Rider. This one is called, and this is, talk about a mysterious title, The Truth of One-Seventh. Dun-dun-dun, what? Yeah, but then, <laughs> but then, then when you know what it means, you're like, whoa, that's pretty heavy. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, we start off the episode with uh, Kodo and Michi, and, you know... Mitchie's doing his whole thing where he's trying to figure out what, you know, Coda knows again. Because he wasn't around for the first part of Sid, like, finding Coda. He was, like, dealing with the invest. So, you know, he heard he heard enough, but he wants to know if Coda learned more. And, you know, they're talking about the Skolar system. And Mai runs in, and they're like, there's a crack in the middle of a bridge in plain sight. It's not an alley anymore. It's not like in some, like, you know, warehouse. It's not... In the bottom of, you know, a factory. It's like right in the middle of plain sight. So that's crazy. The bridge, however, is isolated because Yggdrasil, you know, is trying to, like, keep it secret. They, they're, like, trying to not let the, 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 the Zawami town people see what's going on. Koda and Michi decide to go on the other side of the crack in the Holland Forest to make sure that Yggdrasil doesn't, like push the button on the Skolar system because this is a big crack and this is in the middle of the public. And even though they've coordinated it off, it's still in the middle of the fucking city, you know? So, like, there's there's this kind of like, you know, will the president push the red button thing going on, you know? Like, will he launch the nukes, you know? Yeah, that's basically what Takatora is doing up in the Yggdrasil Tower, like, where he's got his, his finger on the red button just in case the invasion starts yeah, yeah. through that crack on the bridge and everything. I, I thought it was interesting because their their concept of, you know, part of me was like, well, why don't they just defend the crack? You know, but, but their concept of defending the crack is to actually find the crack within Helheim and, and defend that ground and not let anything get through the crack from Helheim, which I thought was kind of interesting. And when yeah. they do that, they end up, Basically, like, I guess they, they end up having, like, a rival fusion, because it's like Kota and Ryoma basically have this rival fusion thing going on, because when they get there, they find him, and, what is it, Common Rider, what's her name again? I know her name's Minato. Uh, Marika. Marika, right. So Common Rider Marika's there with all those Kurakage, like, shock troops, and they're basically defending the crack. And then in addition, Ryoma's got this thing set up where, like, if some bug invest tries to, like, fly up through the crack, like, it's actually, there's an electrical field surrounding the crack so that they'll basically <clears throat> blow up before they actually get through the crack. And, uh, you know, obviously, like, Coates is kind of like, well, you know what, I don't like you guys, you're all shady fucks, but for right now, like, let's all work together and 
keep these guys out of the crack and everything. And then Michi, this is where it's kind of weird, too, because, like, Michi's like, well, instead of helping you, I'm going to go make sure Mai's okay. And then he he basically, you know, and he kind of says, oh, I'll defend the crack from, like, the other side. And I guess Koda's just kind of like, okay, cool, that makes sense. And when he runs off to do it, this is where, like, he he tries to basically grab the, the Gaim dance team and kind of take them into the, the fallout shelter or whatever. Yeah, but, yeah I want to save my people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Save his favorites. But, He's going to collect them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it should be mentioned, while this is all going on, when they when they first take off, they actually meet up with Kaido, and Kaido's like, I'm not going to help. Fuck off. You know, basically. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's got to be a good dick about it. But again, you know, for right now, as far as we know, he is working with the Yggdrasil, so there, there's a reason for it. Also, as we mentioned, Koda had beat up Sid last time and stole his lock seed. He was like, you know, fuck it, that's mine, bitch. And so using his new wallet power, he turns into Gaim Jimber Cherry Arms, which is okay. I'm, I'm with Derek. I don't like the, the cherry look. It just doesn't look that cool. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, he, he kind of looks like Gaim, but he gets like a a repaint. It's like they, I, you, you know, what it's like, it's like, it's like, it's like Gaim, Shirley Temple to the stage or whatever. And you're just like, ah, I don't, I don't know. I'm not feeling that, you know, like that. That's you've looked suits. better. Yeah. You, you've looked cooler, sir. You've looked cooler. So, yeah. But while they're fighting though, actually, while, while Mitchie is all trying to, you know, like say, look, you know, save his people. Ryoma is saying that his research is almost complete and that if mankind is going to survive from Helheim taking over, like, the, like there was, this was hinted at earlier with Hector and Ryoma and a couple of um, other discussions, they have to mass produce the Sengoku drivers and give it to everybody who's a part of the Project Arc initiative. I'm pretty sure if anybody's like half awake and like is not completely stupid, if you hear the name Ark, you kind of know what the idea is, you know, Derek? <laughs> that means that they're going to give two giraffes, two rhinos, and two bunny rabbits, Sengoku drivers, and they're all going to get in a ship, and yeah. No, I mean, uh, the, uh, yeah, obviously you, you get the biblical reference to, to Noah's Ark, and that's basically what the Ark Project is. It's like saving humanity. And basically, Ryoma just breaks it down into simple numbers. It's like, we can only make so many of these drivers. And he says, we can only make about a million of them. And that's when Kota's like, wait, but there's like 7 million people, at least, on Earth. And he's like, yeah, there is. So, and, 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 and you think like, oh, that's actually, terrible. Actually, it's billions. Yeah, billions. Sorry, billions. And and like so they yeah they can only make one billion drivers and there's there's seven billion people on on Earth, but it, it's almost like doubly worse than that because you you have to think of it to the full logical conclusion. It's not just like you're gonna put on these drivers and you know just kind of sit there off to the side and watch these people turn into invests. It's like, why would you do that? Like, then you'll have to fucking fight them all. So it's like, you know what? What you'd be better off doing is once everybody's got their drivers, they're going to, like, wipe out the other six billion people so they don't have to fight with them. And you're just like, well, you know, that that makes sense. But at the same time, you're like, wow, that's, you know, it's very, like, Ra's al Ghul, like, you know, purge and, and wipe out the hard drive, you know. 
nuke it from yeah, orbit. Yeah. The only way to be sure, you know, like all that kind of stuff where you're just like, man, like they, and, and this is, this is one of the big, to me, this is one of the big major reveals beyond just knowing what's going on is that ultimately that's sort of where the Yggdrasil corporation is headed. And that sort of is the burden that, that Takatora has decided to live with. Like, he's like, this is the only way I see as an out for for people and you know it's it's that kind of i mean you you think that sounds horrible and it does sound horrible but then i i mean i you know i know you're giving me crap about not liking the kingsman movie but it's like you you can't help but think about (laughs) the kingsman movie too when you think about these things it's like it has the same kind of idea of of taking a, a certain elite class to uh a certain hideaway station to survive the you know quote unquote you know, either end of the world or, I guess, you know, pruning of the world of its its inhabitants, if you will, right? And and C- cutting off the dead wood, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and all I can think of is it's not as if, I mean, I don't know. To me, it's 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 kind of naive to think that that doesn't happen on a daily basis. You know, I mean, there there, it's like that. I I don't know. It's funny. Like it's like I get it but, for but, you know but fantasy on a, but purposes. But on a daily basis. But on a daily basis, you're not confronted with it all the time. No, you're not confronted with it. Whereas our characters here are, it's clearly like confronting them right at that particular moment. Yeah, that is true. Like you said, Michi, I, I, I thought this was funny. He he not only takes them to a shelter, but he like he convinces them the reason that they're going to this shelter is because it's a new stage. There's this new great stage. It's underground. We got bottled water, and in case a nuke goes off, like it's got radiation-proof dance floor. Yeah, that that's what it is—a radiation-proof dance floor. Yeah, it, it's that funny when sense. they when they actually get there, and Mai's like, "Wait, what? This isn't a dance floor." You know, you're full of shit, dude. <laughs> I just felt like I was like, "Well, you know, like I mean, I, I guess you, you know." you got to feel a little privileged. Like, he made you part of his elite class that is going to survive the apocalypse if the red button is triggered. I mean, there's... you got to... got to... Um, like, it's like, I, I'm the new Adam, and my, you're the new Eve. How you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I guess, yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, you, 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 uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I get that it's like, okay, he, he's sort of uh, tricking people into the the fallout shelter but at the same time i mean his ultimate motivation is so that they don't die a horrible death so it's like you yeah, can't be yeah. too mad at them they are his yeah. friends yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i mean he's obviously he's looking out for his friends even if he has to tell some some white lies to get them to to be safe you know or, or what he perceives as the safest place at this particular moment in time you know because of course anything could happen Kona, however, they, they managed to get the crack closed, which is good for, you know, humanity. But not only that, but Kona, like, I don't know if he upped his dexterity skills or something like that, but he manages to, like, yank the fucking peach lockseed off Minato. He's like, that's mine. <laughs> well, it's like he was eyeing it the whole time, and, like, it looked like she was going to try to, you know, stop him with her usual kung fu bullshit, but it didn't it didn't work out, and he he's like, all right, we had a good team up. We saved everybody from the crack, but fuck you guys very much. I'm getting the fuck out of here, and I'm stopping this stupid yeah. shit. Yeah, and he goes through the the, the main crack that goes back to Yggdrasil, and Takatora, he, he's you know he's like, bitch, you in my house now. He turns into Zengetsu, Shin, energy, uh, the Genesis Core energy arms, 
Soda. And soda. Coda turns it to Jimber Lemon, and he's like, you know, you're trying to kill the entire human race. You know, he's, he's doing like, you know, the whole like, you maniacs, you know. And Takator is, is kind of calm about it. He's like, you know, I'm just ensuring, like, everybody lives as far as, the like, the, the most, you know, like, the percentage that we can have live. You know, I'm doing the best I can. And you know what? If I have to kill somebody to ensure their survival, I will. And bam, here comes the fucking bomb. Takator is like, hey, by the way, you killed your best friend Yuya. He turned into an invest and you killed him. And Koda is just like, fuck. He just drops to his knees and he's just like, he, he, he at least for a minute, you know, he, hopefully he'll get better. He's their hero, but for a minute, he's fucking broken. Yeah, I mean, I think I think this is back to what the, the line that you were asking me the question about when he's having the conversation with Michi and Sid in the the previous episode about does he really mean that? And it's like, well, he, he's clearly pulling out all the stops. Like, if there's any bomb to be dropped that would totally stifle his his heroism, you know, his 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 desire to do things in a different and better way like this is definitely it so and 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 this is something that you know it's i i think it's to illustrate a point it's like not only am i going to bear the burden of this sin it's like you've already bared the burden of this sin but you just weren't confronted with it kind of like what you were talking about before it's like i i said that this kind of stuff happens on a daily basis like whether you acknowledge it or not you you, you know, definitely uh, are are in a position where, you know, you take advantage of other people without even realizing it on a daily basis, but you're not actually confronted with it. And he just kind of basically says, hey, you thought you were, like, helping the helpless and fighting the good fight, and you also killed your best friend while you did it. You know, like, and it's just, like, one of those things where you're like, oh, it's a little different when you when you know who the person is that you're fucking over, right? Like it makes you feel a little shittier, right? And and he's yeah. like, I, I he's like, I know I'm fucking over either two hundred fifty thousand people or six billion people, but he's like, I'm doing it to save the hundred billion people that are still left, you know. So I mean, I you know, I don't know. It's 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 all very kind of. You it's, know. it's kind of like a fuck you, but not like a. It's not like a mean fuck you. It's just like a. You're not well, as great as you think you are, kind of fuck you. Yeah. Well, yeah, and it's also it's also this is how things are. This is how things have already mm-hmm. been. You just you just haven't woken up yet. You're still you still got yeah. your head in the sand like an ostrich, you know? It's like it's like basically it's kind of a wake up call, you know, it's a wake the fuck up call, you know. So I mean that's that's yeah. basically, you know, what what goes down in that. I, I like this episode a lot. I mean this this rematch I think was you know, the third rematch between them. And, and I thought this was a, a fun fight and, and something I was looking forward to. And I think, you know, yeah, Takatora still bests him in the sense that he, he basically mentally bests him in this kind of, you know, yeah, like when, dropping, whenever, whenever, like dropping the bomb, you know, but it's for me, it's, gets with, it's, it's like mental. He's like, he's just like, I can beat you physically, but I'm just going to like, just, he, he, he's really good about sticking his finger in the wound and just wiggling it, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I I think just for the 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 bomb alone, the drop of of the information that that Kota finally finds out what actually happened to Yuya, 
I mean, I'm, I'm willing, you know, this is like a five out of five for me. Like I, I enjoyed this. I liked the rival uh-huh. fusion with Ryuma. I, I, I was looking forward to a, you know, uh, I enjoy when, when Zangetsu and, and I guess in this case, the Jim Lemon, you know, oh, but Gaim, you know, you know, fight with one another and everything. And I, I enjoyed this a lot. It was a great episode. I, I would give it a 4.5, a little bit lesser, just because, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to lie, the Michi thing was kind of silly. I, I understand, but, like, just the whole, like, we're going to a new death stage. It's just, like, it seemed kind of a, for Michi, it seemed like kind of a weird ploy for him, like, to be, like, so cheesy, kind of, you know? It was like, it was like yeah, I understand he's trying to keep a secret, and, and, I, and you can tell me that, and I, I totally understand that. I, mean, I think I'm fine with him selling it that way at first but I, I do think it was funny once they finally got there he went whoops guess I was wrong guess it wasn't <laughs> yeah. a dance stage so he, it's like he's trying to I guess I heard wrong like he's still trying to play like he didn't know what it was and it's like I, I don't know that by that point it's a little funny to me but it's like by the point you're yeah. in a shelter and everything like the red lamp is on and everything you're like whoops Huh, accidentally led you to a fallout <laughs> shelter. Oh, do, 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 do. Uh, no. yeah, 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 yeah. But still, four point five is a is a solid A. You gave it an A plus. I gave it an A. So I mean, yeah, yeah. not a bad episode at all. So yeah, really good times. Look on. As always, we are going to move ahead. By the way, in case you guys didn't remember, these are all based on pineapples. So, you know, five pineapples, that's a really filling dinner. Five pineapples. (laughs) Now, just because I've been practicing this, I've been trying to get good at this. If you don't want the half of a pineapple, you could always take Tony's rating as four pineapples and a soda. (laughs) And a soda. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, we are moving ahead because this, like I said, remember I told you this is a big arc, Derek? You're like, yeah, probably. And you're like, man, this is a big arc. (laughs) Yeah, a lot of of important life-turning things happen in this arc. This is... This is basically a big turning point for the series. Yeah. We're moving on to episode 23. Here we go. Now depart for the front line. Katadoki Arms. Sorry, you'll, 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 if you watch this episode, you'll understand how me and Derek are like, yeah. <laughs> as, as we left off. Koda, unfortunately, despite my energetic uh, announcement, he's he's torn up. He's messed up, and he he, he you know kind of I guess wanders back to the Gimes, and Michi is like you know don't tell my you know don't tell the team you know and and again 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 this may seem selfish to some, but on the other hand. Would you really want to tell your friends you killed one of your best friends? Yeah. That's got to be an awkward conversation, at the very least. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just, you know, again, you don't know what where Mitchie's going with this. You know, if he's being a dick, he's being selfish, or he's like, you know, 
actually, you know, trying to be a good friend. And like I said, this is where Mitchie, like, he doesn't start to get, like, bad or, like, asshole-ish, but, like, you're questioning his motives. You're, like, you're wondering what he's actually, what what his actual intent is. It's weird yeah. because, because Kota's sitting there, and, I mean, he's obviously very broken up about it. Like, because Michi's attitude is, well, it's not going to do anybody any good if you tell them, and it's not going to help matters. And, you know, it's not going to help them keep their smiles, which seems to be Michi's main priority, you know, to keep everything status quo and happy and light and not think about the heavier issues. But, you know, I think Kota brings up something where, you know, he basically is is screaming out back to him like, well, that, you know, how is that fair to Yuya? You know, like, like, how is that cool? Yeah. You know, it's like, you're just basically like, oh, not only, not only did I accidentally kill my best friend, but now we're just not going to talk about it. Like, we're just going to pretend it didn't happen. He's like, he, you know, he, he can't handle that part of it. You know, I was having all these like weird, like flashbacks to my, my buffy early 20s, like for lack of a better term, my, my season six years, you know, cause it was like. I don't know, man. I was just sitting there kind of going, man, you know, I guess part of adulthood is realizing you're a shitty person, you know, like, because it's like sitting there like Coda's just like, oh, man, like, I fucked up, you know, like, it's like, I, I yeah. fucked up pretty bad, you know, and, and I don't know, maybe, maybe it's just my early Buffy 20s, but, but I'm hoping because there are Buffy 20s, you know, everybody went through them, you know, and I was just thinking like, man, like, this is, this is that part of of early adulthood, you know, like where you're just like, oh shit, man, like this is, like not only am am I a shitty person, but everything's kind of fucked up, you know, and and I, I guess he's having that that moment, you know, because it's yeah. obviously like it it hit him really hard, and you you can feel it, like if you've if you've been through anything like that, like you can you can sort of relate to him at that point, especially well. And I, I guess as you should, because he's, you know, he is the protagonist. So you should kind of be, be with him for the journey. So, and then I thought they did this. Yeah. I, he, I thought he played it convincingly, you know, like that, that he played it well. Oh, yeah, and, yeah. And, and that, you know, and, and, and Michi at the same time too. I mean, you know, he's like, wait, you know, don't be a downer, man. You know, like you gotta, you gotta <laughs> Don't be that guy, man. Don't be that guy. Don't, yeah. don't bring us down, man. We gotta go smoke some bongs and go party. Like you're bringing you're bringing the party down, man, with all your serious shit, you know. So that's kind of what it felt like. It made you like, you know what? I never let you, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> you ever see his hair, man? What the fuck? <laughs> Meanwhile, while this is all going on, Rayoma. He's having a little, like, you know, little business meeting with all his buddies. He's, he's telling them that, like, you know, what Kaido is actually doing, he, like, beforehand he was, like, busy work. It was just busy work. But actually, he's looking for an overlord. And an overlord, uh, this is where we get into some serious shit again. Like I said, so many things are revealed in this arc is crazy. Up to now, all the end events we have seen have been pretty mindless. They've been just like, rah, you know, I will... I will you know, attack you, and, you know, at the very most, I'll CGI into a bigger monster and attack you some more. However, overlords are Invez, who were, like, pretty much like some of the original inhabitants of the, the Hellheim Forest that, well, the, the original inhabitants of the city of the Hellheim Forest destroyed that Takator Shokoda. Man, try to get us straight. And they became Invez, and that's because they evolved and adapted to the Hellheim Forest 
And their basic idea is that's the way the mankind should follow to avoid extinction. And that's how they avoided extinction. They became sentient invests instead of just mindless invests. Wow. That's just – that's super heavy. That's just really you have to become a monster to live. He actually finds the invest he's been looking for. Kaido finally finds the guy, and his name is Demushu. And he's, he's pretty badass looking, don't you think, Derek? Yeah, yeah, it was cool. It was weird because they have that, that – I, I guess we would think of it as gibberish speak, but Kaido kind of clearly picks up that he's – he's speaking some form of language, you know, like that. And that, that's yeah. basically very different from any invest we've encountered on the series to date. You know, it's like, wait, this, this isn't quite what, what people normally expect, you know? So that's why it, it, it was almost like, you know, Kaito went Bigfoot hunting or something and Bigfoot, <laughs> he found Bigfoot, a Bigfoot came out and he started speaking Bigfoot language and you're like, whoa, this is trippy. I didn't know Bigfoot speaked. You know, <laughs> so. yeah, 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 the, yeah. The yeah, invest language is very like, oh, you know, it's it's weird. Yeah, it's like it's like um, somebody's like playing a, a record backwards or something. That's what it sounded like. Where it's like, yeah. oh, Christ is right. You know, and you're number like nine, well, number nine, turn me on, dead man, turn me on, dead man. <laughs> that is such an old reference. I'm glad you got that, Derek. Well, while this is going on, that while we again get another bomb dropped on us that not all invests are just mindless monsters. Coda wants Miami him where they would have met Yuya when Yuya told them to meet him, and 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 I guess like you know, kind of like a a moment of consciousness that he doesn't want to like just kill my like, you know, well-being. He doesn't tell her the truth. He's like, you know, he's like, in his head, he's like, I just can't do this, which, you know, is what Mitchie suggested. But I, I think this is more coded, don't you? Yeah. I, I, I think he, well, you know, what's interesting though, is he wants to tell her, but he doesn't really get a chance because, 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 because Mitchie takes him away, you know? So it's like, yeah. I, I, I think he's – I don't think Coda's been there very much. I mean, it, it's weird. I had the weird moment of like, oh, well, my just happens to be fucking strolling along, you know. And they, and they, they basically try to no-prize that by saying, oh, well, my always comes to the, to the crack or where the crack was to pay her respects. And she also always comes in the hopes that maybe, like, the crack would be open and Yuya would just be like, hey, what's up, dudes? I've been like lost in the forest or whatever, you know, but we, we obviously know that's not, that's not to be. And, and, and now for Kota, it's even more painful than that because, you know, Mai's telling him this and, and he knows she still has hope. Whereas at least for that particular circumstance, you know, he, it's hopeless. Yeah. After this kind of like, after Mitchie drags him away, they're at the fruit bar and Coda sees Blonde Maya again. And Blonde, Blonde Maya is like, you know, you know what? Not fighting is a good idea. Don't fight. It seems like Blonde Maya is like, you know, really big on like, get the fuck out to everybody, you know, just like, stop it, you know. So that kind of supports Derek's idea that she may be from the future. Maybe. Who knows? You know, even, even, I can tell you this much. Even at the end of the series, you don't know what exactly she's about. So I, that's not a spoiler. So yeah, you don't know what she's about. Her, 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 like words at least. You know, 
But uh, DJ Sakara appears again before him. Man, that DJ, he gets around pretty good. He, he comes to drop some more wisdom down on Coda. Coda's been getting a lot of wisdom lately. He's just been getting told what to do left and right. He tells him that there's, those are those who want to fight their way without renouncing anything. They, they, they'll do it their way. They don't care. And that's just who Kaido is. And like that kind of that kind of hits Kota a little bit. He's like he likes Kaido, but he's like, yeah, Kaido didn't want to fight the other day. He said, "Fuck you guys," more or less. And this is where Kota is presented with the Kachidoki Lock Seed and a Dandelion Lock Seed. Uh, the Dandelion, in case you're wondering what that is, that is a much better non-shitty pink and red bike. And that is the hover bike that everybody uses. <laughs> and the hover bike, Derek, you gotta admit, the hover bike is much cooler. <laughs> The hover bike is definitely cool. I would, yeah. I would buy a hover bike if they made a hover bike. Yeah, so he uh, gets on the Dandelion and Dandelioner, and he, he just fucking straight up goes to Yurgazil Corporation, and he's going to fucking attack him. I enjoyed this part because this is this is tantamount to the, the scene in, in Gundam Seed where Kira Yamato comes down in the, the, I think it's like the Seed Destiny, and it looks like, his whole crew is about to be the bridge is about to be blown away and he just stops it like right before the end hits and then he goes and saves everybody and it's like it's not quite to that degree like where it's it's a big personal stake because it's not like you see the immediacy of like the Gaim team because they're still in that fallout shelter but there is that that feeling of I think the talk with DJ Sahara gives him sort of the... It, it renews his confidence in what his belief system was, you know? Like, he, he basically is like, you know, just... I don't, it's, it's, it's an interesting lesson because you... I, I don't know how to convey it very well, but he just basically is... He's of a mindset where... Even though Takatora and Kaito and all these people are of a mindset where they're going to do this and this is the only way to do things, it doesn't necessarily mean that it is the only way to do things. So yeah, he, yeah. He, he basically he's he's confident enough that he can provide an alternative, and in doing that, like he's basically it, it's kind of it's kind of funny because he's basically eliminating their their backup plan because it's like you're, you're going to have to do things his way because when he goes out there, he basically blows away all the it's beams or whatever. Yeah, he totally wipes out that whole system. So, and it, it's kind of funny because then it's like, you know, basically Takatora's like, God damn it, you know, <laughs> like, you know, you're yeah. fucking my shit up, you know, so. Yeah, it should be mentioned, this is, this is the uh, debut of Kachidoki Arms, which Derek seemed to really enjoy. Yeah, this this kicked ass. This was super kick ass. Like like I was I was totally into this. This is like a power up type thing. So it's like 
it's like when DJ Sahara gives it to him, you're kind of like, oh, okay, it's another orange block seed. And then, and then it's like it's kind of a very shogun samurai looking armor and everything. But man, yeah, it, big it, on his back, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it comes with this gun, which is what we were kind of hinting at earlier in the episode, where it, it's like got a turntable on it, where it's kind of like you know, and it's like you know, and does the normal like gaim horn or whatever. But it's like every time he he, he does the DJ thing on it, it's like, and it's like I, I kept thinking like. I played this city like a hawk from hell. <laughs> you know, and, and it was like, that's basically what I was like thinking of. But it's like, it's super awesome because like that bike that Tony was telling you about before, it's like there's a whole horde of Kurakage troopers on all these bikes. And you think like, oh crap, like there's this whole army. And they unload on him. But since he's in the, the Kachidoki arms... It's like, Kachidoki Arms is like fucking Superman and shit. It's just like, he doesn't even bat an eye. He's like, what? Are you, was that supposed to hurt? Like, wah, 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 and then he just starts blowing everybody away. And I'm like, this shit is awesome. Like, this was a great scene, because it's like, not only is his, are, are his beliefs and ideals renewed, but he now has the power to effectively carry out those ideals, you know, where it's like, oh, you know, I don't know, there's there's something awesome about that, where, you know, I don't know, I, I always like the, you know, I guess that's why I like guys like Kenshiro from Fist of the North Star, or Superman, or whatever, I just I just like the idea where, you, you know, it, you can do something right, and you've got the power to do it, and just seeing somebody basically going out there and, and doing it is... Do that, is, yeah pretty pretty cathartic and fulfilling so i i enjoyed the scene a great deal and and it even brings you know yet another confrontation between himself and and takatora which you know is is kind of awesome as well um, by the way just to let you know derek you know what that weapon is called no, what's the weapon called? It's called the DJ gun. Damn right. <laughs> the DJ gun. Awesome. Yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Actually, yeah, yeah. Coda is pretty much taking off. And he's not retreating. He's like, I fucked your shit up. And you know what? Just to let you know, trying to figure it out, bitch. I mean, that's, I mean, that's basically what he says. It's like, I, I, I killed your, your, your failsafe, the, the thing you're going to use. Try to figure it out now. Blonde Maya shows up, and she's talking to DJ Sagara. This is the first time these two have met. This is interesting. And she's like, why'd you interfere with Coda's decision? And he's like, you did the same. You're hot, but you did the same thing, girl. <laughs> and he says, all that matters is who will be chosen by the Helheim Forest. Hmm. What is up with this DJ? That is crazy. The other thing I noticed was that he referred to her as the first woman. I don't know if that holds he any did. significance. He did. He did. But but I was kind of like, oh, that well, holds that... no significance whatsoever, Derek. <laughs> <laughs> Tony's like biting his tongue. Yeah, this is this is where John's like an I am me and go. Tony's a saint for not spoiling anything. So, but yeah, I'm I'm sure it obviously has a great deal of significance. But I'm just pointing it out for people who are following along with us that haven't seen all the episodes like me. This is the first time that gets brought up. So, I uh, you know, it may maybe in lieu of 
calling her Blonde Mai, you know, we can call her the first woman, whatever that means, at some point. It's better than the other Miko of Fate that we were calling her for a minute. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like Priestess of Miko of First Woman. I'll tell you what, she's my, she's my first woman. I'll tell you that. <laughs> well, we know that. <laughs> we 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 know just that. get her and Hot Pantsu, you'd be fucking set. Yeah, speaking of Hot Pantsu, I must, I must lament that when I looked them up on the wiki after Tony told I, I, me, I, I made that I made that segue just for you, Derek. You know that, right? They they they, they told me that that uh, the the wiki told me when I looked up Team Pop Up, and I was like I was like, oh yeah, I wonder if you know I'm all they have their own little wiki page. So I looked at it, and it's like sadly, Team Pop Up has never been seen after the Invest invasion, you know, from the Helheim saga arc, and I was just like. No, no, you know, I was like, what? It's like, you know, that scene in episode three, it's basically like, you know, are, is Team Hot Pansu safe? Are they okay? It's like, it seems, Lord Vader, that after the Helheim saga, they were never heard from again. And I'm like, no. So yeah, Maybe shit I'm, off stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 even though I'm sad about that, this was still a kick-ass, super badass episode. So I'm still gonna give it five pineapples out of five. So I, I really, I thought it was cool. But yeah, I am kind of sad that we never see Team Hot Pantsu Team pop up ever again. Sadly, oh, uh, in your in your Hot Pantsu fervor, I should I'm mention that the end. Of it. I, I was like, man, <laughs> if anybody, if if anybody needs to have like seven or eight Kurakage. Loxy suits set aside for them. It's fucking Team Hot Pantsy. <laughs> um, it should be mentioned, this is actually not the end of the episode, though. While um, we do have an awesome ending battle, Rayoma is like, Mitchie, you want to earn your place? Just fucking get on it and investigate Coda and not get rid of Coda, but find out who betrayed Digger Dazil. Who keeps giving this goddamn Coda all these Loxies? So that's where we end right there. So yeah, apparently DJ Sagara not totally on the same page as Yggdrasil, apparently. Because he keeps giving Kodo a lot of lock seeds, so we'll see how that goes. Yeah, I gotta give this a five. Kachidoki Arms is fucking badass. Yeah, Just, awesome. uh, yeah that's great. I mean, oh uh, yeah, and I mean, this is pretty much the end of the Helheim arc. Which is also like it's it's a very tight, compact art compared to like the last couple we've done, but it's it's very rewarding. It's like you get a lot of like, I hate to use this word because I use this word a lot and it makes me sound like a geek, but fuck it, we're geeks. It's a lot of world building, you know. You get a lot of like information and you like learn about this universe, and I I, I like that kind of shit. I don't know about you, Derek. Yeah, no, I I totally enjoyed the arc. I mean, as an overall arc, it was it was really fun, and like you said, it's compact too. So, like I I mean, I was eagerly anticipating like whatever the reveal was that that Takatora had told Michi, and beyond just finding out what that was, the fact that there were other other bombshells to be dropped throughout the course of the arc made it even that much more cool. Cause you're like, Oh, not only, you know, did you get the reveal of the, the city that had been decimated, but that that city decimation is also coming to our planet and that it's going to happen in 10 years. And that, you know, we're going to have to only save a hundred billion, you know, people. And, you know, on top of that, you know, it's like, oh, we, you know, it's the first woman and, and all this kind of stuff is just 
being dropped on you. So like I, I definitely enjoyed the arc and I'm I'm intrigued by all the new revelations and stuff. Yeah, yeah, it, it, yeah. It's gonna get crazier as as it goes along. Trust me. When I was watching this, like I told Derek, I tend to pretty much marathon shows a lot, especially common writer shows. And the the reason I do this is not because I'm trying to. I will just watch an episode and I'm like, all right, I want to watch this episode. I'll find out what's going on and I'm good. Ah, cliffhanger! I gotta find out what happened next. And it just builds from there. Every single episode just gives me that like little nugget of like, oh, what happens next? And I'm like. God damn it, i got to find out what happens next. So, However, this is a good ending for the Helheim saga. I will give it that. This is very complimentary to how the last two sagas ended. Because now, like, we had we had the uh, childhood and adulthood saga. And now we have kind of the badass saga. Like, I think Coda, I could be wrong. We'll see what happens. But Coda seems to have a renewed vigor. It doesn't hurt that he's got the big-ass DJ gun. And he's kind of found like his new place in life and you know after adulthood you find your place in life you know after you become an adult it doesn't mean you stop living life it's like when you become an adult you find out what you want to do and what your purpose is is like you know you've grown into an adult now what are you going to do with it and i think that's what where coda is he's like this is how i'm going to live my life i want to protect people and i know that sounded really like oddly deep for this show but it makes you think about this kind of stuff guys is, is is a deeper show than you would think I'm like, I'm just made me think that I'm a, a bad person when I was in my early twenties and I got all sad, but, but yeah, no, it was, it was cool. Like, I mean, it, it, it it's, it, yeah, it definitely takes you through like a, a cool journey and that I enjoyed like watching, like, cause it's like you, you, you have those moments, but you can come back from those moments. And, and I guess the way it's done, you know, it, it, it's done in such a compact way, but but I mean that is essentially your journey. I mean you you do have moments where you you feel really low and and you know things are not looking up that that it does literally look like the world is at its end, you know, or at least your personal world at any rate, you know, as yeah, opposed yeah. to the actual events of the fantasy, you know. And and that that's not always true. I mean the longer you live, you know, the more you see that, but in this context, you know, it's like, oh, well, you know, it, it was awesome to see the renewed vigor that Kota had. And, and, and that, you know, sometimes there are people that are looking out for you, whether it's like DJ Sahara or, you know, the first woman, you know, Blonde Mai or whatever. But, you know, I mean, it's, you know, obviously this is, this is kind of a, you know, a, a cool, you know, power trip fantasy, especially at the end. It's, it's nice to see, somebody get to actualize, you know, something that they act, you know, that they, they need to do, you know, and, and it's like, you know, that, that happens in real life too. I mean, yeah, it's part of a fantasy, but I mean, if you're determined enough, you know, and, and you have the wherewithal to, you know, kind of, I mean, obviously everybody gets in their funks, you know, when they, they, uh, you know, I mean, maybe even in childhood, but you know, when you're, when you're at that adulthood level, you, you may have setbacks, but that doesn't mean that that's all there is to it. Your setback is not a total and absolute failure. And, and that's kind of, I think, what Kota learns in this arc. You know, it's like, yeah, he had a setback. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that doesn't mean that there, there's no coming back from it. You know, it's like you can move forward and you can do other things, you know. And so that's that's kind of where I feel like we're at at this point where, you know, he's like, yeah. I, he's decided he's like, I, you know what? You you may have tried to lay me low, but I will come back and fight you. 
you know, and, and I'm not going to just lie down and roll over and die. You know, I'm going to I'm going to fucking fight, you know, and that's what I've decided. This is a totally different like comeback, too, because his first one, it was very personal. It was just like, Cody, you suck. You're an asshole. You know, like, I mean, that's pretty much like what, you know, Takatora was saying, you know, it was like, you're trash, you're worthless. You don't deserve this power. That's that's totally internal. That's like, you know, like. Maybe I do suck. Like, you're talking about, like, Leonardo DiCaprio with the milk, milk bottles. You know, it's like, I suck. But this is yeah. totally external. He killed his friend. Now, imagine coming to grips with that. And he's like, you know what? I didn't know I did that. That was a horrible mistake, and I have to live with that. And that fucking sucks, and I fucking hate it. But I'm not going to let you assholes fucking dictate my life. And that, that, that that's a hero moment right there, you know? Yeah, I mean, that that one event is not going to define him for the rest of his life. You know, it's like it's like there are other things he can do. So I you know, that's something that that I think is is a lesson you learn as you as you continue to live and 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 be an adult, you know. So and 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 this is, uh, you know. Obviously, this was a fun arc for for me to watch, and I'm I'm definitely looking forward to more stuff. I know, um, you know, spoilers, but uh, the the next thing we have coming up, I I have seen, and Tony hasn't, and it's going to be the Common Rider Dime Gaiden, which I think is also really cool. So please look forward to that. You guys don't have any idea how much like Derek loves the idea of I I haven't seen a Common Rider show because. <laughs> I'm like, Tony hasn't seen it, but I've seen it. Woo! I'm like, yeah! You know what, Derek? This Christmas, if I can find one for a pretty decent price, I might actually buy you a, a role-playing like DJ Gun from Japan. That'll be, the, if we ever do another... Um, Another quiz show, you know, maybe that'll be my 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 sign-in button or whatever for Jeopardy or something. I'll be like, wah, 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 what is Ketchidochi Arms? Wah, wah, wah. Oh man! Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. That's I mean, that's one of the big things I like is like when I watch these episodes. When I first watched them, I got so much enjoyment out of them. And also, I like the fact that Derek's not only getting enjoyment out of them because he's my friend. I like the fact that he likes to show that I like. But I like the fact that you guys like it. That is so cool. I like that we got so much response for uh, Toku Thursdays. We didn't know that it was as big as it was. I mean, we're not getting swamped by millions of emails, but there's some people out there who really like what we're doing, and I appreciate that so much. Speaking of which, if you want to get a hold of us on Fanholes, you can go to the email. We're at fanholespodcast at gmail.com. We have a Twitter. We have Instagram. We have a Tumblr. We have our fanholes page on Facebook. You can see us on Stitcher Radio. Well, not see us, but you can hear us streaming live. You can also hear us on iTunes. Please rate us. We love the rates. It gives us a little bit of a good feeling that we get rated up a little bit more each time. And as always, we have so many shows. In the near future, they're going to be doing a new Mobile Suit Mondays, in case you guys have been missing that. We have Transformer Tuesdays. We have a couple in the bag that we're going to be putting up soon. We have Sentai Saturdays. We're going to be working on that. Sorry. <laughs> we also have the regular Fan Holes podcast, which we actually did an episode tonight. Not going to spoil it, but it's coming soon. I hope you enjoy what we talked about this evening. Me and Derek are pulling double duty tonight. That's why we are on so late. So, you know, we're, we're working hard to give you guys some good entertainment. And as always, you know, if you like what you hear, let us know. If you don't, let us know. We like feedback in any way, shape, or form. All those social medias you just heard, that's the way you get a hold of us. 
And as always, we will always bring you the best we can on Toku Thursdays. Until then, this is Tony, and hmm, I'm Sid. I suck. I don't know. <laughs> this is Derek. Derek WC. Lockseed that I don't know about. How can this be? And on that note, <laughs> peace. <laughs>